0: plus sales tax and activation fee. $50 plus rate plan required. Not valid for numbers currently on T-Mobile Network or on Metro in past 90 days. Offer subject to change. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Amazon Prime has a twelve ninety nine per month value. Restrictions apply. See store for details and terms and conditions.
2: Welcome to the Rotovis Radio Weekly Recap, where I, Kyle Dvorak at FF Kyle Kidd, take you on a tour through the last week in Rotovis Radio podcasting, for those of you who don't know, RotoViz is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over 1,000 articles per year and has a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps. Go to rotoviz.com to check out the site. Before we get into it, I want to remind you that even though the NFL season is underway, you can still get your RotoViz NFL pass for 30% off. This discount is for listeners of the podcast only, and it's available through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our NFL content, tools, and best of all, it supports this podcast. Again, be sure to get your 30% discount for an NFL pass at rotovis.com forward slash podcast. First clip this week comes to you courtesy of the Dynasty Tradecast, where Eric, Nathan, and Dan have guest Dwayne Brown on this week. In the clip, they talk about the return of Josh Gordon, one of the most interesting storylines we've had this year, and how his return will impact Corey Coleman's Dynasty value as well. Have a listen.
1: I think Twitter's lost its damn mind already on Josh Gordon um so that's i think we all called that as well that that it's amazing the short-term memory that that twitter seems to have um valuation wise i mean does a mid first even get you josh gordon now i'm i'm not i'm not actually convinced that that'll do it
3: i think it's got to be pretty close he i mean he's worth every bit of a first i don't know if he's worth a high first he'll get there probably um but the the big factor here is he didn't look any different than he did four years ago or whenever it was that he was good he still has that effortless speed. He catches anything within range. He had 11 targets, I think, on Sunday, and six of them were catchable, and he caught four.
1: Um, yep. That's, that's, that's important mean, to mention is if you were watching that game, he was open. The, Kaiser oh, just couldn't yeah. get him the ball.
3: Yep. He, he blew up the right sideline on, on just a go pattern, and it was he just it barely looked like he was trying, and he got two steps on the, on the defensive back like nothing. Kaiser underthrew it by like five yards.
1: Like butter. Uh, okay, so that I mean, it's sort of crazy because last uh, what, like two weeks ago, we were talking about a second round valuation for him. Now we're talking about like the 105 valuation for him. Uh, if you own Gordon, I mean, are you parting with him for that price? Are you are you taking playing with house money since he was worth literally nothing a couple weeks ago? I, I'd take any non-playoff pick. Wow. Uh, all right. Well, what about what about Coco? Are we? Uh, I mean, valuation-wise, are, are you guys looking to buy low as well in that situation, hoping that next year they get an, an actual serviceable quarterback?
3: Dwayne? Uh, I don't know. Um, if
4: I could get Coco for a late first, I'd be all over it.
3: Yeah, that's um, that's kind of what I was thinking, yeah. too. He's not my type of sure. player, mean, I guess. It's, he's kind of the guy I'd buy, wait for him to have a big game, sell him again.
1: Sure, like just just the flip, right? So um, yeah, yeah, that's I think- Dwayne's
3: game, man. The value flip—you you buy low, you sell high, and you just keep building up those profits. I think I think if you can get in as a, at a late first, I think if you have this short window before you know your your playoffs start up, a lot of teams or a lot of leagues, you know, they shut down the t- trades for the three weeks of the playoffs, or you know, after tonight ends or something like that, but um go if you if your trades aren't closed yet go send out a late first or early second for Corey coleman just get feelers out you'll get some probably rude responses but i mean it's it's worth the shot because he's worth more than that but if you can get him low go do it
2: john dorsey really failed his way into the perfect situation flunks out of Kansas City, gets hired by Cleveland, who's got over $100 million in cap space, took three first-round picks last year, will get two top-ten first picks this year, as well as three seconds, and just got Josh Gordon back. Best of all, he has to get two wins, and he's an improvement. Pure randomness should get you two wins in a single season. That's all he has to do is not fight the natural variance of an NFL season. In my opinion, and even though this won't happen because it's too good to be true, Anything less than signing Kirk Cousins and trading the Josh Rosen 101 pick is suboptimal. You put Kirk Cousins with Josh Gordon, Corey Coleman, an up-and-coming David Njoku, Duke Johnson in the backfield, that's a legitimate NFL offense for the first time in a long time in the city of Cleveland. When St. Louis traded the number two overall pick, they got first-round picks for the next two years, a first-round pick that year, and a second-round pick. That means two first-round picks for three consecutive years plus the bounty of second-round picks Cleveland has, tell me that team is not at least a playoff team, if not more. Also, Kirk Cousins is Jacksonville. Another thing that's too good to happen. But I digress. Moving on to our next clip, we have Colm Kelly with his guest, Hassan Rahim, on the road of his highlight reel, talking about trading and more league philosophy than anything.
5: The more trading in leagues, the better those leagues are, the the more uh, people are willing to take those chances because it gets more uh, camaraderie going between the players. There's more negotiations, more talk, and it just makes it for a better league overall. But I am in some leagues where maybe you think, oh, I'm looking to acquire somebody, and it's this player, and you go and you search through the rosters, and you'll say, oh, no, he's on uh oh he's on column's team column never trades he you know that sort of way so i'm looking i i'm trying i'm using myself because i always try and trade but you know sometimes you see that player and you think well i'm not getting him in this league so is there any advice for people who may be hesitant to trade
6: yeah uh i mean you should just sort of view uh every player as a buy or sell uh i when i was first starting out in fantasy football i was very guilty of falling in love with the team that i drafted to where i also just straight up neglected waivers uh but you know the uh with experience, uh, I just sort of realized that you want to like acquire you know, players. Like, they, they, like For the most part, they're pretty interchangeable, I guess, because the way I typically approach trading is I'm always looking to trade guys that have an excess of to fill out my spots that I feel that I'm fairly weak at. And really, uh, the way you do that is you identify a team who has an asset that you're looking for, and you kind of throw out, an offer for a player. Now, I don't try and come in uh, particularly low just because I don't want them to be insulted and, and I don't want trade talks to completely die out. Uh, you know, I, I want to come in closer or as close to market value as I find it to be. And I'll try and gauge their you know, reaction. And it's typically very good when you can get, like, as you mentioned, the, the camaraderie, as long as you can get like a dialogue going, you guys can settle on something. And, and 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 for the most part like if it's an asset who you really want uh, I, I would say don't be you know afraid of overpaying because again if if you're correct you're going to be reaping the rewards uh you know whereas you're letting go of like a, a couple of other players that you yourself don't value particularly highly um and so one of the things is you just got to be, be and just be willing to be ma- be able to make those trades you know regardless of your own personal player evals as long as your process is particularly correct and 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 I'll just give you an exa- example of that so in in one of my leagues i just made the playoffs on this uh in week back in like week 4 uh, right after the london game some uh, uh the that that week where uh, alvin kamara had his big coming out party someone offered me jji and james white for alvin kamara and duke johnson and uh you know i i spoke to a bunch of r- wrote of his writers and I looked through the screen and like we, we realized that you know Ajay had a few big weeks maybe it's just poor luck that he didn't hit the, get any touchdowns so and, and maybe Kamara might be at the top of his range of outcomes and I hit accept now Ajay and, and and White you know really uh I mean Alvin Kamara is having an all all you know an all-time great rookie season but I made the trade and so it sure it made my team significantly worse, but had GI actually worked out, I had a very good core of wide, you know wide receivers and if I'd locked into uh, you know a JGI from last season, I would have probably had got myself a buy as opposed to slinking in as the sixth seed. So just sort of an example is you know trust your own process or like come up with a process that you think works for you in trading and and, and just be willing to go for it.
2: I know the last time you heard this voice, I was just making up a scenario where the Cleveland Browns build a dynasty without doing any real analysis, just thinking with my heart. So, for this one, I'll actually bring you analysis on the clip you're about to hear from On The Daily. In regards to J.J. who Hassan said he acquired for a hefty price of Alvin Kamara, maybe this is the week he turns it around? Maybe? He's only averaged 7 carries in his 4 games with Philly, but he is just shy of 8 yards per carry on those carries and is playing in what is now the second-highest over-under of the week at 48, all it takes is one big score from a giant, and he's worth his money, which is why there is at least a decent chance you'll find him in some of my draft lineups. Fantasy football fans, listen up. If you love fantasy football and you need to try my new favorite app, Draft, here's how it works. You do a draft that lasts for just one week, and there's no management. Just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Drafting takes care of last-minute injuries for you. Draft start every couple minutes so you can join one right now. And the best part, play for cold, hard cash. Drafts start at just $1 so there's a draft for everyone. No salary caps, play in a real live snake draft, just like you play with your friends in a season-long league. Come and join me on Draft today. Download the app at any time, just search for Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes. Or play right from your computer on PlayDraft.com. Whatever you want. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use my promo code RVRADIO. That's right, play a real money game for free, just for using my promo code RVRADIO on your first deposit on Draft. Just search Draft in the App Store or go to PlayDraft.com and come play for free with my promo code RVRADIO. As I mentioned before, this next clip from On The Daily with hosts Nick Giffen and Heath Kruger will let you hear a little more about JJ, the Eagles-Rams game, and the Vikings-Panthers game. Here it is. Um Vegas is quite
7: convinced that this Philadelphia Eagles Los Angeles Rams game is going to be the highest scoring one of the week uh even though the the game total has come down a little bit um since the week started, I think with points going in favor of the Rams, but this is one with two quality defenses or at least defenses we have seen in the you know this season um do well against opposing offenses um where do you think we should really go after? These two teams for DFS purposes.
8: Yeah, I mean this is a this is an interesting one because uh, I don't love you know the matchups for the the, uh, the Rams here in terms of the wide receivers in their individual matchups. It's, but it's going to be tough to. No who's going to get the ball I mean Cooper Cup probably has the toughest matchup but he's also going to move around so we can't just play the matchup game against uh you know for for Cooper Cup but uh I really think Todd Gurley is probably the answer on that side of the ball if you want a piece of that offense and there's gonna be a lot of scoring then just play Todd Gurley on the Philly side of the ball I kind of like Alshon Jeffrey um I think uh I think Aguilar is fine but Alshon Jeffrey is expected to be shadowed by Tremaine Johnson and actually Tremaine Johnson has given up the most targets per route run of the projected starting Rams cornerbacks there so um I, I kind of like Alshon Jeffrey I think uh, we'll also have to see what happens with Zach Ertz if he's out then Alshon Jeffrey is a really really fine play and I think Aguilar becomes a good play as well um and uh you know, I'm not, not really as high on a here, I guess. Uh, the matchup's pretty good. You know, I think in it, it terms of the road of his by low machine, it's like the seventh or eighth best matchup, but, uh, I'd rather kind of play the Eagles passing game and the Rams running game, and that also kind of fits a storyline there as well.
7: Alright, that's, that sounds like a great idea. And one more game just to really throw at you. And one I think people might ignore, given the two, another two, uh, a spot where two quality teams with good uh, defenses on both sides, the Minnesota Vikings and the Carolina Panthers. Are you really interested in either of these offenses? We show, and I saw last week that Carolina can be at least picked on a little bit, um, on, at the corner spot. Do you think Keenum and Thielen and Diggs might be some guys that you can really turn to, um, in a matchup to where they may be overlooked? Yeah, I like, I
8: like, I actually like, um, Diggs and Thielen. And I guess if you like both of those, you kind of have to like Keenum as well, Uh, especially if, you know, Keenum's going to be under owned. I'm not sure what kind of his ownership will be, but, uh, I don't think it'll be that high. And I think his probability of having a good game is pretty strong. Um, Stefan Diggs will probably be, you know, uh, not necessarily shadow by James Bradbury, but uh, he could see a lot of Bradbury, and, and Bradbury struggled with Michael Thomas. Uh, I think you know Bradbury hasn't been a great shadow corner. So if he shadows Digs, I like that. Even if he doesn't, he'll get Digs will get plenty of Bradbury. Uh, Thielen's got a fine matchup in the slot. Uh, the problem is um, Captain Munnerlyn. He he while he allows a high catch rate. There's not a lot of targets that he faces, uh, per route run, but, but Thielen is targeted pretty heavily. So I like, I like both Diggs and Thielen. And I think, uh, if you like both of them, you kind of got to like Case Keenum. So I'm definitely on board with that. I'm not as enthused about the Carolina side of the ball. Uh, I guess Cam always has some pretty good upside. Xavier Rhodes shadowing Funchess, though, it kind of eliminates that for me. So you almost have to go like, uh, if you're gonna, I guess if you're going to play um, anybody on Carolina, it's either got to be somebody from the running game, maybe a Christian McCaffrey, or maybe a guy like Greg Olson, if you're going to uh, pick pieces of that game, or Cam, obviously.
2: Just a few updates on that clip. Zach has returned to practice but remains in concussion protocol. Be sure to look into that more before Sunday. And like I said before, the Eagles-Rams game, the line has dropped to 48 points for the over-under, making Kansas City Oakland the highest over and 48.5 points, which makes sense as the first time they squared off this season, it was a 61 point game. And Vegas really seemed to think that Kansas City is back, projecting them to score 26 points, which makes sense as Oakland is giving up a 108 pass rating to opposing quarterbacks, five points below the next worst team, Cleveland at 103. In addition to that, Oakland is giving up 114.9 pass rating on the road and they will be visiting Kansas City. Expect to see a good game from Alex Smith. This next clip comes to you courtesy of the flagship Road of His Radio, where Pat Crane and Sean Siegel have guest Matt Friedman on, and they're talking about the upcoming rookie class. Have a listen. All right, well, uh, just to finish up here,
1: what are your thoughts on this class overall? You mentioned that, you know, after Barkley at number one, it levels out a little bit, but in terms of overall strength, where do you see it, um, and, and where do you think the kind of crowd evaluation on it is. Is is it overrated, underrated? How do you view this class?
4: Well, I mean, (laughs) I'm a rookie optimist and I'm, I'm the guy who always, um, collects draft picks. Uh, it's, it's like a, it's a disease really. So, I mean, I don't think it's as strong as the 2017 class, but I don't know. There are some guys who are intriguing. Um, Royce Freeman, From Oregon, he's intriguing. Like there are some guys who could go later in the draft, um, who might end up providing some value. So I I think it's not as good as what we saw in 2017, uh, or maybe even 2016. Um, But I don't know. I'm still, (laughs) I'm still always interested in rookies. So I'm I'm probably the wrong person to ask because I'm I'm going to overvalue every rookie class.
8: You mentioned that you had a couple other running backs sort of earlier in that second round. The second round, I think the first round is so flat after 101, uh, but then it it extends, I think, deep into the second round so that one of the things that I've been looking to do this year, since it's so much cheaper, anything that has a round two label is so much cheaper than a round one label is try and stockpile those picks. Uh, Give us a quick sense of who the running backs were that you would have liked to have gotten uh, in that second round area.
4: Yeah, so uh Royce Freeman is someone I, I mentioned there. Um just so so productive and you took him at the the top of the second round. Um I think it's <laughs> I, I don't know why more people aren't talking about him. Like I, he has four straight years of just incredible production at Oregon and it's across multiple coaching staffs. Um he's never been an outrageously good receiver. But he's been competent each year. Um, I mean, I think he he's shown well enough as a receiver, consistently enough, where it's not a check against him. Um, but yeah, I mean, a guy who has over 1,500 scrimmage yards three out of four years, the one year being the year he was injured uh, and missed some games – um, that guy is going to be interesting to me. And then especially when he's six feet and over 230 pounds, closer to 240 pounds, like my mind will just start going crazy about guys like that. And, and the, the rumor is it's hard to know, uh, but you know it's hard also to look at how these guys performed athletically in high school because I think so much can change when they're in college. Um, but I think Freeman is also a pretty good athlete. So he's, he's someone, I mean, I was interested in taking him in the first round, Um, but if he had fallen, he was the main guy I was really hoping to get in the second round. And I think like, it's um, a sign of how unrealistic I I maybe am right now looking at these guys that I thought he might have a chance of slipping to the second round um, later, you know, the second half of the second round, but he's, he's a guy that I'm really interested in, just massively interested in and Uh, Again, in rookie drafts, if he falls to the second round right now, I really like that value.
2: I like the way we end the show this week, talking about rookies and the upcoming clip from the High Sticks Lowdown, where Eric Balkman is interviewing Tim Deneau on his 2011 FFPC Main Event Championship. For many of us, the season is over. Whether you didn't make the playoffs at all, or you watched Matt Ryan and Alvin Kamara go up in flames last night, maybe Tim's story will cheer you up. Have a listen.
8: Tim Deno, the 2011 FFPC main event champion, looking to maybe become the Football Guys Players Championship uh, overall champion, maybe you'll add that to your resume this year. Tell us, uh, because now this is six years in the past, so I'm sure some of the memories have faded, but I'm sure some of them are still very clear in your mind. With uh, your uh, with your co-owner Timbo Lou, what what do you guys or what do you remember about that uh, that three week sprint in the championship round when you won the 200 grand?
9: Well, I can tell you, it was one of the most up and down roller coaster rides of my life. We um, it was the day after Christmas. Uh, we, we were sitting there in the lead with Marcus Colston, and the uh, our opponent had Matt Bryant going. Um, we thought we had it locked up. It was something like seven point lead for us, so so it looked like a pretty much a slam dunk. And the, on the first series, Marcus Colston not in the game. And I remember looking at Tim going, you got to be kidding me. And apparently he was getting benched for something for on the first two series, so he did not play at all. And on the first couple series, Mark, um, Bryant kicked two field goals. All of a sudden, we're no longer in the lead, and we're looking at each other like, this is really happening. And on that next drive, I'll never forget, the first three plays right to Marcus Colson, the touchdown. All I remember is Tim jumping on my back, me running around a bar, celebrating playing TNT because that's our team, fancy name, Uh, spraying champagne all over the bar. Luckily, the bar owners loved us. Um, And it was such a great experience and one that we absolutely will never forget. So um, I I still remember like it was yesterday, and I'm hoping we get to really enjoy that at at another point later on here shortly.
8: I got to believe that, you know, not, I mean, obviously seeing the Colston touchdown was amazing, but just seeing him on the field, you know, on that, yes. third ser- you know, whatever it was on that third series. So it's just like, because now all of a sudden you have a chance and Colston versus Bryant in a coin flip. Well, you know, I'll take my chances with Marcus Colston, but just seeing them on the field you guys had to be like, I mean, your heart had to skip a beat then.
9: Yeah. I think though, the problem is, is I'm negative by nature. I'm always like, what's going to happen here. I know, oh, he's going to get hurt. or so, so all those thoughts were still going through my mind. But when he caught the touchdown, caught the three balls, it was kind of like sinking like, holy crap, we're really going to do this. And, you know, we've had a couple of runs where we were top 10 going into the last week. And then our team literally put up 90 points and, oh. and, and we fell out of the top 20. And, Um, You know, we've had two top five finishes in the main event, um, but that one certainly will always be the most memorable because, well, you know, it's it's certainly special to to take down a a championship for the pride factor. And certainly the money is is uh, another great, great uh, prize, you know, so that's I I don't think we'll ever top that the first one, but we're looking forward to trying to uh, to come close here. That'll bring this
2: show to a close. Before I go, we have to get into the RV Book Club section of the show, which involves neither books nor clubs. And this week, I want to highlight the ultimate zero-RB watch list, both the NFC and ASC edition, done by Blair Andrews and Court Smith, where they talk about some upcoming zero-RB targets, as well as how the past zero-RB touts they've had are going. That's going to do it for this week's Road to Biz Radio Weekly Recap. You can find me on Twitter at FFKyleKid. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Rodovis Radio Weekly Recap. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can always get a hold of us at rotovisradio.gmail.com and catch us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And you can always support the show by going to rodoviscom forward slash podcast and subscribing with your 30% discount.
0: The GEICO Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected, like if your roommate isn't the brightest pool float in the flooded basement. Visit GEICO.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance. Sugar Ray
5: Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th,